Hello, Flash fanatics, and welcome back to another episode of Back in a Flash. We're your hosts, Steve. And Meg. And we're here this week to talk about the sixth episode of the Flash TV show, which is called The Flash is Born, and mm-hmm. guest starred Greg Finley as uh, Tony Woodward slash Girder. Uh, and just uh, just so you guys know, you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook at Flash Fanatics. So if you want to share your thoughts about the episode with us, feel free to give us a holler there. Uh, and we'll chat with you about it and maybe mention you on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Girder? I, I thought Girder was absolutely a perfectly stereotypical Jersey Shore meathead. Yeah, that is absolutely, I would say, the best <laughs> description of him. He just, yeah. he seemed like the situation. The, oh, really? I mean, he was just a little bit more of a beefcake, I think, than the situation. Okay. I mean, but yeah, I mean, just your like typical the attitude and, was really dumb yeah. and really like full of himself and arrogant and. But you've known people like that. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. like, no. jock meatheads that were bullies, you know, back in yeah. grade school or whatever. I mean, yeah. that he, I mean, most was of the, pretty at, like Most pretty of the accurate. ones from grade school and high school that were like that that I knew have matured quite a lot since then. Well, sure. Uh, I guess he just didn't. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> or maybe when he got his powers, he just regress to that because he right. all of a sudden had all of these powers or something right. like that. I mean, right. you really don't know and if maybe Barry, you get mature from it. Barry talked about that it's it makes them more of who they are. Oh, yeah. Like the mask in Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> yes. That was an obscure reference, but yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. So when the show opens up, we see um, Barry, or I guess the Flash, talking to Iris again mm-hmm. on the roof. Oh, well, even before that, we got Iris's intro to the episode. Oh, yeah. Which was... Really uh, loved that. Nice voiceover. Nice. Right. It was, it was a mirror of the pilot's voiceover that Barry had done. Yeah. He opened the episode saying... To believe what I'm about to tell you, you're going to have to do something. Yeah. You have to believe in the impossible. And she said the exact same thing verbatim and then proceeded to change it a little bit to fit her context. Sure. Uh, but no, but overall, it was a nice it was, little callback to the... It was. It was really sweet. Yeah. And, and it worked for her character and what she's doing now that she would be the one to tell that piece of the story. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was really nice. It, it was, was kind touch. of, I like that they don't have, like, they, they've had the same voiceover intro a couple of times, but that they just keep it kind of fresh and mm-hmm. relevant. It's not like mm-hmm. the same thing every time where you just tune right. it out. You know, it's actually pertinent to that week's storyline. Right, so It's right. just a nice little, you know, a little extra thing that they give yeah. us, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, they are up on the roof. He goes and gets her and takes her up to the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he, like, thanks her, he asks her not to write more. So, it's kind of a right. double... So, like, he's not really giving her a very clear, yeah. um, you yeah. shouldn't do this type yeah. of vibe. Uh, but... You know, well, and I, they're almost to calling him the Flash. Almost, like almost. he really wants to just be like, "Call me the Flash." But right, anything but couldn't. the streak. Yeah, <laughs> which pretty much everybody's been saying since they started calling him the streak. Right. So it was nice that they acknowledged that on the show. I'm sure that all of the writers knew when they when they gave him this pseudo name at first. They like this is 
the worst. This is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> but we'll uh, change it eventually. <laughs> right. I think, no, I think they just made it terrible so that everybody would like want them to change it so badly. Well played, writers. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> they got their whole chessboard laid out. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, so we saw Barry and Iris chat a bit and uh and then immediately after they hear the sirens and so he's got to run right. off he's got to run off to confront girder for the first time he, yeah uh, who apparently stole a hummer and some kegs of beer <laughs> yeah. and is again being just a big classic tool. <laughs> classic meathead tool yeah uh, and even uh, joe and eddie said something about that they're like who's, who, who steals <laughs> who steals a hummer who buys a hummer or, i even think they were like what what kind of tool steals right. a hummer you know like yeah, yeah basically who yep who buys yellow hummer yep. for real who buys a hummer period <laughs> period period uh gas prices uh, mm. So, um, if any, if any of our listeners drive Hummers, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You should consider a more fuel efficient vehicle for at least half of your drive. (laughs) Right. At least half. Right. Um, yeah. And he like pulls the door off of the Hummer and just whips him at it, whips it at it, chucks it right at Barry. So we get a really, apparently it's super speed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so apparently he not only has the ability to change his body into metal, but also has limited super speed. Mm, if he's able to super throw strength, the... maybe? That's limited okay. super strength? That he I can... mean, but even... There's got to be some speed factor. He wouldn't be able to throw the door that fast without some speed factor. I mean, strength alone doesn't do that. Mm, yeah. Well, interesting. Okay, so then that might actually explain later on in the episode when he when Barry goes to the warehouse to confront him and he pushes over that big tall rack sure. onto him or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't Barry just run away? Like, why didn't he just mm-hmm. run out from underneath it? But mm-hmm. maybe that does explain the fact that he couldn't run out of it because... I mean, I still think he should have been able to because gravity is what pulled that down. Oh, yeah, rather than him, I guess, throwing it or right. whatever. He did push it. He gave it a good thrust. Uh, okay, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just thought that that was like, I really didn't. I was, yeah. There's a, couple, the, there's a couple things where they definitely will twist Barry's abilities to suit the storytelling needs. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, the instance with the shelf and even just like Barry trying to hit Girder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after he after he delivered the sonic punch at the end of the episode, Cisco <laughs> uh, so I, pumped I, about that. <laughs> but then Iris just ran up and like hit him, and he didn't turn to metal because he didn't see her coming. Yeah, and so I'm just wondering why and- <laughs> Barry wasn't able to do that before. Right. Like Barry's got super speed. You'd think he could sneak up on Girder and right, punch him before him. he gets a chance to turn his body to metal. Yeah, but I know there was I a few know. things like yeah. When Iris punched him, I was a little like, wait a minute. She, I know she broke yeah. her hand, but she should have. How did that even affect him? Like, right. I, why right. didn't he just laugh at her? Like, haha, silly girl. You know, yeah. like you can't yeah. hurt me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know it was a little bit fishy with that, but yep. I mean, yep. story. So right because reasons. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yep. yep. Um. But they do call him a man of. They call Girder 
a man of steel yeah a couple of times yeah. not the man of steel or whatever he's but he's a, a man, man of, steel of steel because and I, I suppose just because they can because it's dc like they can use that phrase yeah. where other people might not be able to and so they wanted to take advantage of that maybe question mark <laughs> perhaps i just uh, i just thought it was kind of a nice little nod and you know like a tongue-in-cheek sort of little yeah. reference yeah you know yeah it was fun it was fun and nice way to subtly reference the rest of the dc universe Speaking of subtle references, you pointed out something to me within the police station. Apparently, there. Yeah. Is this like- so this came out a, a couple weeks ago. the The giant mural in the police station that it shows a bunch of Greek gods and uh, the set designer that put that together has actually done a couple interviews and said that that. Uh, that mural is a subtle homage to the Justice League and that it's representing the key members of the Justice League. There's, I, I think it even says justice in like huge letters. Yeah. It's like I think, truth, loyalty, and justice. And justice, and justice is like, right. damn, it's yeah. so huge. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I didn't even, I didn't read that article and I hadn't noticed that right. actually. Well, it's, yeah, it's nice and subtle. It's not nearly as hit you in the face as some <laughs> other Easter eggs might be. It feels very at place in the police station. Uh, Absolutely. But represented in that mural are uh, Green Arrow and Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and Aquaman and The Flash and Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're all represented as like Greek gods or something. Right, right. right. It's not showing the characters Mm -hmm. specifically. It's showing their like Greek god equivalents. That's Uh, so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and really fun. well done. I looked mm-hmm. it up uh, on the internet as soon as you told me about mm-hmm. it, and I, the it looks beautiful too. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, I guess I wouldn't have ever noticed it because it's like it seems to be really right. fitting of like a police station. Right. What you would see it there. just fits in, yeah. and and that's the only way. Like any other really strong references are going to stand out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one other, I guess, more subtle reference that we're going to see over and over. So we won't mention it over and over. I'll just mention it now. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, the prison door uh, in in the particle accelerator chamber where they're keeping all their prisoners. Uh-huh. Uh, the door, when it closes, forms the Firestorm emblem. That, that little, like, three dots on the left-hand side of the circle and the lines going across... It's a very, very simplistic emblem, nothing super fancy, and if you don't know that it's the Firestorm emblem, it's not going to stand out as something I would outrageous. have never, ever noticed or known anything right. about it. Yeah, but it's there, and it is It is cool. very much the Firestorm emblem. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And well, it- and it makes sense, because they're clearly playing it off, it seems, that uh, that Firestorm's powers came from being at at the particle accelerator right. when it exploded. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how that's all going to play out long term. I, you know, they've cast Professor Stein, so I expect the, like, second person is going to play into it somehow, mm-hmm. but we don't really know how yet. So maybe instead of him uh, having that symbol and the particle accelerator, like, doors are just designed for Firestorm, maybe Firestorm is going to adopt that symbol. Instead. Yeah. Because that's where he was. Yeah, oh, cool. That That's really neat. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
What a neat little reference. I hadn't I hadn't yeah. noticed that at all. Okay, so yeah. anyway, um Back to the episode. Back to the episode, yes. Um, so the particle, particle accelerator is Speaking a gift of. that keeps on giving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was from uh, Joe and Dr. Wells' conversation. Yeah. What did you think of that conversation? Uh, All of their conversations. Know, they've had, they had a couple of them this episode that were very interesting. Yeah. Joe is suspicious of Harrison Wells and his As involvement. He should be. With, we all are. Right. Get him, Joe. I mean, <laughs> I just want answers. Yeah, me too. I don't want him to get him. Well, I really like Harrison get Wells. Get the information from him, Joe. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they had some in- interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison was talking about, uh, well, Joe was trying to figure out where he came from before right. he moved to Central City. Right. Um, well, and, and he apparently already knew when he moved to Central City that it was like shortly before uh nora allen was murdered right right um so he's suspicious just on that alone mm-hmm. i guess um and i like yeah. that he even kind of um i mean he brings up that there's another very fast uh metahuman or whatever you know that's running around that's like, joe yeah yeah, yeah. Joe did. yeah that's joe wearing like a a yellow suit or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and um, well, and he's just taking this off of Barry's word at this point. Right. Yeah. He, right. I mean, at that point, he hadn't seen this other fast person for himself at mm-hmm. all. Uh, so he was just taking it off Barry's word. At this point, he fully trusts Barry. Sure. Given what he's seen, as he should. That's fair. Uh, but, Yeah. Then later in the episode, he does have an encounter with this reverse Flash character. At the very end. Right. Yeah, where he threatens him. Yeah. I know. I'm kind of excited and intrigued by this. Yeah. And I know that, like, they want us to link that with Harrison Wells because they had all these conversations about, Mm -hmm. like, his past Mm -hmm. and what he's been doing and we know that Wells is not who he says he is because he goes into these secret hidey holes and right. he stands up even though he's in a wheelchair most time. Right. Um, and so I know that they're like trying to link those two and, ch- and maybe trying to get us to believe like the writers of the show are trying to get us yeah. to believe that like there's a connection between the two of them but I feel like at this point because they're trying to push that so much that maybe he's, there's he's like the red herring. no connection whatsoever (laughs) well actually so later in the episode let's go ahead and talk a little bit more spoilerific about upcoming episodes yeah we'll we'll save some of that (laughs) in case our listeners don't want to hear spoilers about what's coming you know they do well then they can keep listening later (laughs) but if some of them want to stop they can yeah uh but yeah, we'll talk more about what's coming in the next few episodes at the end of the show here, uh, and that'll be part of that discussion. Oh, right? okay, sure. <laughs> we can do that. Um, and then what about Tess Morgan? D- during these conversations, yeah. Wells mentioned something about Tess Morgan, and I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, like, is she a character from the comic books? Like, who is this? No. Does it give us any inclination of who he is? She's not a character from the comic books at all. Just something I, completely made up. Yep. All right. Well, I guess it's yep. another piece of the puzzle, but right. really, this there's no picture here. We yeah. have, I am so lost on him, on Harrison Wells, still. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, damn. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, back to <clears throat> Barry and Gerder, and right. they, you know, face off a couple different times throughout the episode, and mm-hmm. finally Barry, uh, or I guess Cisco and Caitlin figure out that Barry has to run like 837 miles per hour in order to right. actually create this, I don't know, sonic boom? Sonic punch. Sonic pump, that punch, that's what it is, yes. <laughs> Not Cisco's. to be confused with a falcon punch. <laughs> And Cisco's like super excited about this, like has been wanting him to do this. Right, he just wants Sonic Boom. Right. Because apparently Cisco's all about glass shattering (laughs) as Barry super speeds down the street. Right. Seriously, all the property damage in that. All the glass just (laughs) Right. (laughs) Man. Well, the the (laughs) good thing that uh, they don't, don't, hopefully they have insurance for all that. Right. You know, to pay for all that. But um, yeah. So 837 miles per hour, which is as fast as he's run so far. Like, yeah, he has the fastest he's they gone. keep kind of pushing at each mm-hmm. episode, I feel like, you mm-hmm. know, increasing his speed, increasing his speed. So yeah. I was wondering if there was like a point that he has to reach in order to like, I don't know, um, you said there's like a speed force or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's no like listed top speed for the flash in the comics that i'm aware of Mm -hmm. uh it could be mistaken again there's lots of comics yeah lots i haven't (laughs) read all of them uh but one thing that has been done in the comics and and in the animated tv show is that when the flash pushes himself to the extreme Mm -hmm. and pushes the limitations of his speed uh he gets transported into the speed force and the speed force is kind of this really like vaguely defined thing that both gives the flash his abilities and is this extra dimensional plane of existence that the flash can be transported to uh-huh uh is that also how he travels like back and forth through time and stuff too yeah is it like using okay yeah uh more or less. Okay. And, and so potentially, you know, if the Flash does go fast enough, we might see him break into this speed force thing. And yeah. it could be this really fun, trippy place that they show <laughs> yes. on the show. Uh, I'm sure it would be an entirely like CG environment. There's no way they would right. do just like a real world version of the speed force. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of weird. It'd have to be CG. Uh, but yeah, it could be a really fun place that they take it. Um, is that how it's depicted in the comics? Is that it's like a really wonky, like trippy, messed up place? Yeah, and there's in the comics they've they've shown it a few different ways. I guess the most recent way I'm thinking of they showed it as like windows into time, kind of like you know I still haven't seen Interstellar, but I've heard a bit of the spoilers from the end of it yeah. and how. Uh, he was able to see his daughter's like entire life mm-hmm. summarized in one moment. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. I think it's kind of that like idea. That? Cool. Kind of that idea. Because that was like really, really neat. The, the way that they did that in Interstellar, first of all, is like an amazing movie. Right. Mind blowing. Oh my gosh. But um, <laughs> the way that they did that—that's kind of what I was thinking when you were describing the Speed Force to me. Yeah. Like how he could? I was like, oh wow, we—I've kind of seen that in like a movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really interesting to see that come to life for mm-hmm. the Flash as well. Mm-hmm. Except I don't, I don't think that. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be the exact same, obviously. Right. But like right. something kind of like that, I can yeah. see that being similar done. idea where you're you're able to observe all of time 
Yeah. From one location. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Got It'd deep be neat. Super deep there. All right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it would be really cool. So in this episode, we also saw the threats for the West family get much more real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, between both what we mentioned with Joe being confronted by the man in yellow, the reverse flash, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Iris being confronted by Gerter, both at jitters at the coffee house mm-hmm. and then also being drugged back to the school and being present for like the final showdown right uh between the flash and girder yeah um and iris is definitely in a vulnerable position why do you say that i mean yes but because there's lots of super powered individuals coming into coming onto the scene, mm-hmm. most of them not being very nice people. And she's made herself a center of attention by writing this blog about the Flash. Right. And and I'm not sure how she's going to step that up to remain safe. Oh, you mean like I, to I protect that, herself? Right. I hope that I mean, they acknowledge fight. it. Yeah, but... I mean, she punched Gerda in the face, so... Yeah. <laughs> come on, though. Really? <laughs> I know. Really? I know, I know. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to say that you can fight. And in the, in the Arrow universe, mm-hmm. I'm all right with saying, like, Laurel can fight. She can handle herself against these non-superpowered criminals. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about the Flash's universe where... You've got people that can turn themselves into metal or multiply themselves or turn themselves into poisonous gas. Right. It's it's kind of it's not enough. It's not enough to just say, "Oh yeah, I know karate." (laughs) I know kung fu. Watch out now. (laughs) It's not. It doesn't work. Yeah. Right. You're working on a whole nother level. For sure. So So well, so how do you propose that to be resolved? I, I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I think they've kind of put Iris in like a really difficult position there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Barry's just going to have to be extra diligent to keep her safe, basically. I guess. But, you know, then you come back to the question of like, is that really the best thing for him? Like, Oh, absolutely not. It's the right. worst thing for him to distract, right. like to have that distractor and that. Um, right. And that's honestly like that's obviously the key reason for a secret identity rather than just saying Barry Allen is the flash as a public fact Mm -hmm. uh, is to protect people like Iris and right. um, Yeah. I don't know. When Iris puts herself out there with the blog, it kind of takes that security away and she's, in a very vulnerable position. I hope they acknowledge it and do something. I'm not really sure what that would be. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, really, I, I would say the, I mean, a solution, maybe not the only solution, but a solution that I can think of is, I mean, uh, Iron Man is very mm-hmm. public about his powers and he everybody knows right. who Tony Stark is and that he's right. Iron Man and all that stuff. And he's got his, oh, what is Gwyneth Paltrow? Um, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. He's got her and she's, totally yeah normal so you know right. just like a regular human so like he's able i mean to aside from that they're ridiculously wealthy no hell i mean <laughs> uh, can afford a ridiculously expensive security detail and there aren't as many super powered 
villains in that world, it seems. Okay, but they're together, <laughs> and I think the fact that they're together is right. what sort of protects her. Right. And so I would say that that would be a solution in this universe as well, Just is that they'd have to be together. Be a couple. Yeah, so that he could protect her in right. the best way that he can. Because, right. like, without that, without her knowing who he is and without that, you know, complete mm-hmm. honesty between the two of them, I think that there's, like, a... Yeah, she's really, I mean, in a dangerous position. She's yeah. going to get caught up in a lot of stuff and he's gonna have to save her for a very long time yeah absolutely until she ditches eddie and finally just right gets together which is which is a little bit of a concern i don't really like seeing iris just be like damsel in distress week after week oh well no we saw it this week and i guess this was really the first time she was damsel in distress but not in a typical damsely in distress way. Man, it kind of was. It was, but it wasn't. Like she wasn't just like, "Oh, save me!" I mean, well, she no. didn't. She didn't run after the bad guy like normal. Normally, for whatever reason, damsels run towards the danger. I don't get it, but the, right. you know, they go into the arms of the bad guy instead right. of. No, she wasn't like she wasn't. She being was literally a dumb like, abdu- character abducted, about it. She was know? abducted, but it was still damsel in distress. In the most honest sense of the phrase. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I really uh, care for that phrase. It. It. I. I don't. I I don't like like it either. Take care of herself, and I know that towards against metahumans she can't. But she is like a fighter, and she proved that like she could beat. She beat up Barry when they were younger. I mean, didn't beat him up, but she like was able to punch him down and everything. So, like, she can take care of herself. I don't think that she's, like, in distress in that sense. But, I mean, when somebody abducts you and as a metahuman, they're like, what are you to do? If it was a guy, it would be the same situation. Right. I'm not blaming her for being in distress. I'm not saying that it's weak on her part. I think it's that phrase, the damsel in distress. Like, it's always got to be a girl that's in distress rather than it just, like, being a person right. in distress because if it was a guy in that situation it would have ended the same way yeah absolutely you know yeah i'm not arguing against that <laughs> at all they could have captured cisco and it would have been the exact same situation sorry i will end my feminist <laughs> rant here sorry <laughs> um, it's it's a fair point i'm just i'm not trying to make a feminist comment no, on that i know i know but yeah I don't know. I guess I don't I don't blame Iris at all, other than the fact that, like, she's been told several times, don't write this blog because it's going right. to put you into these situations. Right. And she's just like, well, whatever, because everybody deserves People to know. People need to know. Right. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, because, because as much as they are turning the Flash into a pseudo-Superman for this show, mm-hmm. they're even more so turning Iris into a pseudo-Lois Lane for this show. Yeah, how do you feel about that? <laughs> How would you have preferred it to go? I mean, like, what else would I, you have liked to see? I there? really don't know. Because, see, I something, never watched Smallville, so I don't to, really... A lot of people well, compare these... Honestly, it's not It's not so much like Lois from Smallville. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's a lot more like Margot Kidder's Lois from the old Superman movies. Oh, dang, taking it back. Well, and even all of the, like, rooftop scenes are absolutely a huge homage to those movies uh the you know the rooftop interviews that lois did with superman was but a huge staple like of those that? scenes i mean isn't it kind of really, nice to see those like i really references, do throwbacks? I, I really do enjoy it for the most part 
uh, part of me kind of wishes that they were doing something different just to make it their own unique thing. Mm-hmm. But part of me absolutely does appreciate the homage and the nod to admittedly excellent source material. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> those Superman movies are classics for a reason. And as much as Grant Gustin has professed his love for those movies, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he is having a blast uh, oh, yeah. creating these scenes that are, you know, directly influenced by those yeah. movies. Yeah, I actually forget that he, it's even a character. He's doing so well with this. Yeah. I forget that it's like Grant Gustin play, playing Barry Allen. I'm just like, oh, it's yeah. it's Barry it's Allen. It's Barry Allen. Yeah, he's yeah. really, really like, yep. just wipe that slate clear. Like, I, he's grown on me quite a lot. <laughs> Eddie has grown on me quite a lot yeah. as well. This episode particularly. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about this a little bit before. Yeah, the interaction between the two of them with like the punching bag and everything. Like, you mm-hmm. really get a feel for like, good guy Eddie. Right. And what which, Iris which I probably had, sees in him, right. you know? Which I had never really bought the, like, good guy Eddie thing. No, me in, the, in the first five episodes. Like, I knew that's what they were going for. That right. they were trying to make him, like, squeaky clean. And my my kind of feeling about that is that it's it feels like the same type of thing they did with Lex Luthor in Smallville and with Slade Wilson in Arrow, mm-hmm. where they'll introduce this character as... A good guy get initially. Get you to really like him. Get you to like him. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, try and get you to like him and then turn the table. Right. And and so my mindset is from the get-go, because of those previous two shows, my mindset is, yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I've seen enough CW TV to not trust this character, right? Right. Just because of his name. Right. No, for no other reason other than the last name Thon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But... Absolutely bought the good guy Eddie act this yeah. week. Yeah, he really grew on me, and mm-hmm. I I like him, and I like his character, and I like that he is with Iris because he you I mean in this in this yeah. episode he really expresses that he just wants her to be happy, you know, and that yeah. he's really just you know yeah. Well, and he I mean he and he expresses some some vulnerability to Barry right. as well yeah. that he felt intimidated by Barry beforehand and. And that he's no longer intimidated, but not that he sees Barry as a weakling or mm-hmm. or an un you know unworthy person, right? But just that he's comfortable around him, and right. he sees that Barry is a good guy, and he recognizes the relationship that they have. Right. That they've been around each other for so long, you know. Yeah, right. it was right. It was really touching I think. it was it was well handled absolutely yeah certainly the best interaction with him that we've seen so far uh so that was good yeah so anyways we've had all of these great interactions through the episode uh it all culminated in the sonic punch at the end mm-hmm. uh, and they locked and the capture of girder right they captured girder they locked him up uh in the particle accelerator prison, mm-hmm. their makeshift prison. And once he was in the prison, Barry confronted him and revealed who he was, who yeah. the Flash was to Girder. I know. Which I just don't get it. It's got to be the dumbest thing. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, <I> why? <laughs> that is a really good question. I don't think that it was the smartest move either, but <laughs> I kind of understand that he really just wanted to like 
show this bully that was so mean to him growing up that like the good guy wins right like in the end the good right. guy wins and right. he's like haha i've bested you after all these years of you kicking my ass now yeah. i'm the guy on top yeah sucks to be you but but and he couldn't have done that as the flash like it wouldn't right. have it wouldn't, it wouldn't have, have had the same effect right it wouldn't have been quite as a direct drive home you know yeah no i i agree i get that but the so super stupid though like i agree with you so the, dumb. the more like realistic point of this you know as as realistic as it gets in a show about the flash right uh is you know they're they're locking all of these prisoners up in the same facility mm -hmm. they're gearing up for a breakout right it's gonna happen absolutely right there's no way it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell and Robert Nepper all locked up in that prison together. Prison break. And it's gonna be Number a prison two. prison break. <laughs> prison break part do. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and then so he's gonna have and, to go after Gerder now, like right away. Right, That's gonna be his Gerder, number one guy. And uh, you know, what's to say that Gerder isn't going to tell all the rest of them? while they're in prison together. See, I, I still don't know how this prison actually works. Yeah, I'd like to see the inside of this. Like, is there an I open think, area where they can all go and hang out and chat, or are they all individual cells all the time? I think it's got to be solitary confinement all the time, but I still want to know how they get food. <laughs> I know. This is, really? This is really bugging me. <laughs> I know. How are I they feeding them? I think about it as them? well, yeah. Like, food and water. And if, if you're how not, are they going to the bathroom? And, right. If you're not going to feed them, you may as well just kill them from the get-go. Right. Be done with it, because they're all going to die of starvation. Well, I don't know. They're metahumans. Right. They have superpowers. So maybe they can just like go into hibernation mode or something <sighs> and lower their metabolism. Keep their... I don't know. I don't you, know. you got to throw in some <laughs> science mumbo-jumbo to, to pseudo-explain that then. <laughs> For something, sure. right? Yeah. I don't know. I, that's a very good question. I've been wondering that myself. Like, hey, there are so many things. Harrison Wells, <laughs> feed your prisoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because without food, they will die. Right. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, um... All right. At this point, we've covered everything we want to talk about. Yeah. From The Flash is Born. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the stuff that's coming up in the next three episodes, I believe. We have episodes seven, eight, and nine. Okay. Are the last three episodes before the mid-season hiatus. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you don't want to hear spoilers from those episodes, you can go ahead and stop listening now. Okay, bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, but uh, for the yeah. rest of you that have stuck around, so next episode, uh -huh. who are we going to see? What are the, There's two villains in that right. one, right? Or We've got two villains in the next episode. Uh, the one that they've... Well, I guess they've really been showing both of them in the promotions. Uh, Blackout, who has electricity powers and uh, also apparently the ability to take away Barry's super speed. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he comes hmm. onto the show along with uh, uh, William Talkman. Yeah. A.K.A. the Clock King, who we have seen on Arrow. Uh, and we were talking about the Clock King a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, on, on Arrow, his whole thing was that he had everything timed out very precisely. Right. He doesn't have any special powers. He just right. is very precise, but just accurate with his time. Right. And, you know, we were thinking about this, and 
we've really already seen this character on the flash right with two episodes we saw with captain captain cold Cold, and his whole thing was that he was very precise and very timely meticulous about planning out his heists Mm -hmm. to the second uh so so those two are obviously going to be bffs they're going to be bffs that's a given (laughs) that's a given they're going to hang out and sync Mm -hmm. their watches and right uh, and and Heatwave is going to be over there shooting fireballs. <laughs> shooting fireballs. <laughs> Cuz he doesn't care about time. Because Prison Break Trio. Right. <laughs> right. But um yeah, no, I think it, it, that will be interesting. I would actually like to see those two get together honestly because right. they are both so meticulous about time. Right. I would like to see them kind of have like a time off like a you know like <laughs> who can be more precise. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And, um, I just, I feel like they'd both be getting after each other for being late all the time, time. all the time. Or they could just be like the most prompt friends ever. Like they're both exactly on time always. All of these like ridiculous situations where people arrive at the same point at the same time Mm -hmm. in TV shows because the scene. Right. It actually works. It would actually work with those two. It actually works. <laughs> um, but other than the Clock King, we see this blackout guy. Blackout, and yes. He, is he a character in the comic books? Yeah, he was a character in the Flashpoint series, actually, which was the big uh, event comic that launched the New 52, which is DC's current comic book offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a Flash-centric event comic event comics are done like once a year and it's uh there's a lot of advertising push behind them and they'll do a lot of crossover books with it but anyways cool so uh, did he have the same yeah. i mean he had these powers in the comic book like where he's electrical i, I believe so but i honestly don't shoot remember electricity a lot out or he him. just can control electricity or i couldn't tell you for mm. sure well it'll couldn't be interesting to see how but that it exactly seems pans it out. seems like the thing they're doing with him in this episode that's kind of interesting is they're giving him the ability to take away Barry's powers. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure what they're going to do to like how they're gonna give him his that. powers back. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. How that's all going to play out. And I think it'd be kind of interesting. You know, a lot of people have talked about that they want to see Flashpoint stuff done. And one of these, like, key moments in the Flashpoint series, in the comic series, is uh, Barry was transported to an alternate reality. And in that alternate reality, he didn't have his abilities. Mm -hmm. And he needed to get them back. And so he found Batman of that universe Mm -hmm. and set up... Uh, set up a situation on a rooftop on the night of a thunderstorm with the same chemicals that were in his lab the night of the initial accident Uh and strapped himself into a chair and recreated the accident that gave him his powers. It didn't work the first time. It was this really graphic scene of Barry, you know, he was struck by lightning, super injured, and he got back into the chair and tried again. And it it worked the second time. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But, but yeah. Wow. 
so that might be something that they do. I don't know. That feels pretty intense for this show. Yeah. It should probably work the first time if they're going to do that. Because I don't know that anybody is going right. to want to see him be struck by lightning and have it. I mean... Ugh, have him, I like, know. severely injured. Ugh. And they do a lot of things on rooftops, I've noticed. I, I think... Is... Well, I mean, the rooftops thing, it's it's lightning. You want to get a pie, I, right? But everybody... It seems like every other scene is on a rooftop. In this show, you mean? Yeah. They're always eh, talking about it. There's a few. Going up there and doing stuff. <laughs> like it's, I mean, and in the Arrow, too. There's a lot of rooftop there's, scenes yeah, in that. There are a lot of rooftop scenes in the Arrow. I don't know. You get the nice... Pretty city vistas. <laughs> the skyline. Vistas, mind. vistas. Yes. Yeah, you get city skylines that look really nice. I suppose. Visually impressive, right? Yes. So, um, moving on, yeah. after this next episode, we have the Arrow Flash crossover, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm really pumped about this. I like can't wait. I just saw some uh, photos from that show were released mm-hmm. from that episode mm-hmm. were released um mm-hmm. and they all look really really good and Stephen yeah. mel and uh grant gustin are there hanging out and they just look like they're having like a really great time just yeah. being superheroes together so i'm for sure pumped about it and mm-hmm. who's the villain in that episode so it's it's two episodes yes. right and uh in the flash episode the villain is going to be a character called the rainbow raider Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the Rainbow Raider. Oh, man, so, I can't wait, wait. I can't get over his name. Hang on, give me a second, because this is amazing. Well, you've just heard his code name. <laughs> oh, okay. His his alter ego name, uh-huh. I kid you not, is Roy G. Bivolo. No, are you kidding me? I'm <laughs> Roy G. Biv? 100% serious. <laughs> Roy G. Biv is his name. Yes. Uh, so, rainbow powers, huh? I guess. Is he like, does he shoot like sparkles and unicorns out of his fingers? <laughs> or like, how does this work? So, we, well, we, you know, we were looking it up a little bit before, uh, before recording here. Yeah. And uh, what we learned is that he basically does have <laughs> rainbow laser vision. Right. Uh, he was, he was the, uh, the son of an optometrist. And he wanted to be a painter, but he was colorblind. So all of his paintings turned oh, out really, really crummy. Uh, <laughs> really crummy. Really crummy. His dad <laughs> And promised, everybody told him that he was a terrible artist and that he should just give up on it. Right. Him. Just give up. You're <laughs> terrible. Quit. What, a, what wonderful teachers. Yeah. Uh, his dad promised that he would find a cure for the colorblindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... But then he died. He died before mm. he was able to. Ain't yep. that the yep. worst? Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> it really is. That's how it always works out, though. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what happens. That's how you know you're going to be a supervillain. <laughs> Basically, it's right? when your parents die, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I Barry's mean, either, died, so. either that or Batman. <laughs> or Batman, yes. <laughs> Only two options. Yep. Anyway, uh, so his dad dies. This optometrist right. dies. His dad dies, but... Uh, on his deathbed, his dad gives him a pair of goggles that create beams, beams of solid rainbow-colored light. And embittered by the terrible reception he received for his art, Roy decided to use his father's gift to help him pursue a life in crime. With these rainbow goggles. Oh, yes, and that's Aww, from yeah. that's from comicvine.com. If you want to read more about the character, you can check it out there. 
Uh, they've got a nice write-up about it. and So he's going to shoot rainbows out of his eyes. I, I really don't know how much <laughs> they're going to do with this character. I have a really hard time thinking that we're going to see... And his costume is spectacular. Like yeah. it is all seriously. Go go look up go look up Rainbow Raider online. This isn't a trap. I'm not trying to like trick you into something. No. Go look it up online fantastic. if you're not familiar with the character. It's like a rainbow colored costume and like iridescent and just He's really got amazing. the most psychedelic costume ever. Like, oh, you know, we've talked about the Tops costume and yeah. his, like, yellow and green super-striped pajamas. <laughs> right. Rainbow Raider puts it to shame. I really do think that his costume tops them all. And this this character, this villain, should be the first person that actually comes out in full costume. Like, I know that Captain Cold <laughs> had his parka, but it was still very, like, regular. Like, you can go buy right. that parka from, like, Shields or something, you right. know? Like, right, But... Like this guy's costume is out of control and right. needs to There's there's no way you the can world do needs to see this. There's no way you can do like an everyman version of this costume. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's like a leotard I mean, that's like I don't even with I, I think, don't even know. I think if you wanted to do like a pseudo realistic version, mm-hmm. you make it someone that's just like stuck in a hippie mindset. Oh, and, yeah. and just wants to wear tie-dye all <laughs> like, the time. That. He's just like wearing tie-dye <laughs> right. everywhere. Everywhere, all the time. All the time. Tie-dye shirt, tie-dye pants, tie-dye shoes. I think he's got like some gloves on. Tie-dye gloves. And tie-dye fingerless gloves. Fingerless gloves and those fantastic goggles. And the goggles. Oh, man. Okay, so that's only the first half of the right. Flash Arrow crossover yeah. was with this spectacular villain right. that I can't wait to see. And, and that episode is called uh, The Flash vs. Arrow or Arrow vs. The Flash. Oh, I okay. I don't remember. We're going to say The Flash vs. Arrow because... Because it's The Flash. Because it's The Flash. Right. Right. Um... And winners always go first. Anyway. Right. <laughs> um, right. And, then, and, and it's The Flash's show. The Arrow <laughs> shouldn't come first in the title on The Flash's show. Yep. Come on. And so um, the second half of that crossover. is called The Brave and the Bold. The Brave and the Bold. The Bold and the Beautiful. I mean, The Brave, the brave, and, the brave and the Bold. Uh, and yeah. And brave, brave and the Bold. The and villain is... Um, the villain is... We actually got a glimpse of the villain in this week's episode of Arrow. Mm-hmm. At the very end, we saw our first glimpse. It is... <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Oh yeah. <sighs> he really whips that boomerang, too. Right. And he didn't have an Australian accent. In the, like, what in a the, In the little tease. Uh, honestly, his accent sounded a little bit Irish to me. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, I, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit, and given Captain Boomerang's backstory, I I'm really all right with him not having an Australian accent. And the reason for this is that Captain Boomerang, his backstory, or at least one of the Captain Boomerangs, is that uh, he was uh, he was a toy company's mascot. Uh-huh. And the, the toy company made boomerangs. And the company went under, and he found himself out of a job and with a shitload of boomerangs from <gasps> this previous job that he had. Yeah. So he took all the boomerangs and turned to a life of crime so that he could <laughs> make money and 
So they're regular the boomerangs. Like this isn't a superpower that he has. That like he's enchanted no. these boomerangs somehow, or generally, like made them like super amazing. Generally, he's just they whipping these boomerangs. Yeah, they're just boomerangs. <laughs> and he's got an endless supply of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's about to take some people out with a boomerang. Mm-hmm. But he's not Australian. No, I mean not in this one. Seems odd. Yeah, like a little I mean, bit. Just you know, mm-hmm. boomerangs, whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's what we have to look forward to in the Flash Arrow crossover. Yeah. And then the last episode of the first half of the season, episode nine, uh, is going to be called The Man in the Yellow Suit. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The Man in the Yellow Suit. The Man in the Yellow Suit. And who is in the yellow suit? Reverse Flash. Oh, so we're actually going to see him? You think so? Yeah. Oh. No, there were a bunch of like uh, set photos of Reverse Flash fighting Flash. Do we know who's playing the Reverse Flash? We don't really. Ooh, super secret. Yeah. We don't really or we don't? We, we don't. Oh, okay. We don't. Uh, and actually, the synopsis for the episode, do you want to just hear the synopsis yeah. really quick here? All right. Barry finds himself face-to-face with his nemesis, the man in the yellow suit, a.k.a. Reverse Flash, who killed his mother. Barry is frustrated when the Reverse Flash escapes, but Dr. Wells and Sisko come up with a plan to trap him. All they need is bait, so they turn to Dr. Tina McGee, guest star Amanda Pays, from Mercury Labs to help. Meanwhile, it's Christmas at the West household, and Iris is in full holiday cheer. Eddie gives her a surprising gift, but also leaves her with a question that could change her life. So, an engagement ring? Joe joins the search (laughs) for the man in yellow and ends up in the crossfire. Caitlin finds Ronnie. Oh! Ralph Hemmerker directed the episode written by Todd Helbing and Aaron Helbing. Caitlin and Ronnie get back together? In Cait- that episode? Caitlin finds Ronnie. Well, that's all it says. Mm. Well, I can hope. Finds <laughs> Ronnie. I, I don't cool. know what that means. I can't imagine that she doesn't have questions when she finds Ronnie. Sure. That uh, sounds like a fantastic episode. Like, I'm really yeah. excited for that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, should be cool. And, you know, there's also the mention of Reverse Flash and and then Dr. Wells and Cisco coming up with a plan to trap him, to trap Reverse Flash. Okay, so... so- I feel like Dr. Wells... Dr. Wells probably is not Reverse Flash. Right. Right? Right. Uh, hmm. So I guess we'll have to see. That's cool. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. It should be a lot of fun. And that episode will be the... I think it's the 9th of December is when that episode airs. The crossover is going to be the 2nd and 3rd. And then the following week Perfect. is going to be the mid-season finale. It's like a early holiday treat yeah Mm -hmm. that's cool well that'll be a lot of fun to see uh the man in the yellow suit finally for sure uh we've seen flashes of him but Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 but uh you know who knows and i hope that we get i hope we continue to see little pieces of him building up to that as well and right i would i mean i do at least yeah because a lot can happen in a week Mm -hmm. and he's got to be around to like yeah. Keep messing with things and toying with Joe and right. threatening Iris and stuff. Yep. Yep. Anyhow, that's all we've got this week. Thanks for joining us for Back in a Flash. Again, you can chat with us on Facebook and Twitter at Flash Fanatics. 
Uh, if you have anything you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to give us a shout, leave any comments, and maybe we'll mention you on the show as well. Take care. Bye.